Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to Trendlebed Tales Radio. And tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about the Dismet Laura Ingalls Wilder pageant that's having its 40th anniversary this year. And I hope that you're all planning on coming. Now, before we go to our guest, I do have just a little bit of housekeeping to do. So I want to remind everybody that uh, if you have a question for our caller, you can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll free 1-877-633-9389. Toll free one eight seven seven. Six three three nine three eight nine. You can also stream us live uh, at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com/trendlebedtales. And if you do that, either live or later, they now have a feature where they have sort of a slideshow of pictures going. And the ones I have for tonight is uh, the school set from the pageant. The Brewster Homestead uh, from the pageant, uh, the a close-up of the Ingalls store in town where they stay during the long winter, and a close-up of the organ. And I really just love this because you can't. There's no way you can see it during the pageant, but after the pageant, everybody gets to come up on stage, and they have a picture of the real Charles Ingalls and the real Mary Ingalls sitting on the organ in the, uh, the homestead house and uh, set. And I just love that to pieces. And you can see pictures of all of that if you stream live. You can also chat that way. Uh, just a reminder that you can call in using those same numbers. So if you're out and about during the next show, you can listen that way if you can't stream it. And in just one week, we are going to be having... Another episode, a sort of bonus episode this month, where Barbara Lounsbury is going to talk about Nancy Drew and her author, Mildred Wirt Benson, a fellow Iowa girl. So I hope you can all join us from then at the same time on Wednesday, May 25th, and at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, and 7 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can find a little bit more information about any of that on the radio show uh, page on both my website and my blog. So, with uh, not too much more ado, I want to uh, just give you just a little bit of preview about what a pageant is. If you haven't dealt with one of the pageants yet, a pageant is basically an outdoor play. Uh, There are actually a couple hundred of them across the United States, normally put on by a local group of people, often either uh, about something historical that happened nearby or about something in the Bible. Actually, there's a bunch of biblical ones out there, which I was kind of surprised when when I looked up to see just how many there were. Uh, And there are several active Laura pageants right now, three active ones, and there have been a couple that that came and gone in the meantime, but the DeSmet pageant is the granddaddy of them all. It's coming up on the 40th anniversary this year of its annual production and was, of course, the very first. And let's go ahead and bring on Anne now, and we'll learn more about it. Hello, Anne. Hi. Hi, me, Sarah. Well, I'm so glad uh, that you could join with me today and talk about this pageant. I'm just really excited about it. 
We are, too. And I have to admit, Sarah, I think you may know a little bit more than me about some of the history of the pageant. I, I've learned a lot from some of the people in DeSmet who have um, been involved in it for years, but um, I'm not yet 40 myself, so it predates me by a little while. But it's it's quite um, uh, it's quite a neat thing to have this type of event continue and be going on for 40 years. It's really has taken a lot of commitment from the community, and it's evident by the amount of time, and then also by the growth that the pageant's seen over its course. Well, it really has had a lot of growth. It's really been uh, great that you can keep it up. And it is a major commitment. It's very hard in a small town, I know, to to keep something like this going uh, when you've got a limited pool of people to draw from. Yeah, and it truly is community theater. Um, When people ask about the pageant and want to know about how it's put on when I answer calls and information requests. I make sure I emphasize that because so much of the credit should go to the community for continuing it, for working hard uh, to promote it and act in it. I mean, the, the, the list of things that needs to be done to put on this production is kind of mind-boggling when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it. So it's kind so- of neat and DeSmet can be proud of it, you know. They really can. And before we uh, get too much further, Anne, why don't you just say a little bit about who you are and how you're connected to the pageant? Well, I, my name is Anne Lesh, and my my real job is I work at the Ingalls Homestead and DeSmet as well, and then I am a volunteer on the pageant board. And it's a nonprofit organization. Um, it ha- the pageant has no staff, um, so you know the the board does all of the promoting. Um, We work with the director to get cast lined up. Um, All of the logistical things are up to the board. And then also as far as um, working with and answering phone calls, uh, the Ingalls Homestead's happy to help with that kind of stuff. And then the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society in DeSmet helps with that too. So it's really a town effort. Um, A lot of different community members have been involved throughout the years and are involved. But um, it's it's kind of nice. I don't know. The homestead keeps me quite busy, but this is something that I get a step away from my real job in some ways, And although they're closely entwined, but then in work in the broader community. So that's my role in it. Well, let's. I want to just go through a little bit about the history of the pageant, Anne, and you can jump in at okay. any time. Um, it really, in DeSmet, all goes back to a hallmark a radio show, which was sort of a forerunner of the Hallmark uh, theater productions, TV movies that we see today. Uh, but it was a radio show. It originally aired March 15, 1951, and it was an adaption of The Long Winter. And it, it's kind of interesting uh, because it is the first place I've ever heard El Manzo mispronounce. I have no clue. Are you still there, Sarah? You cut out on me for just a second there. Something with the the script. And um, they waited a little bit. It was 1951, and they uh, put on a pageant based pretty much entirely on this radio script. And they did it again in 1968, both in the high school auditoriums. Then on June 19, 1971, they had the first time that the pageant moved outside, and it's been in continuous production every summer ever since. Uh, Back in 1971, attendance was 2,500 people, and uh, they decided to come up with a society. Uh, It was founded in May of 73. They purchased the current pageant site, which if you look at the very old maps of DeSmet, if you ever come across one of the tourist maps from, uh, well, before the 70s, they have all sorts of high-fluting plans of things they hope is going to fill in that particular space. But instead, the pageant grounds bought it, and it's been in that current site since. Uh, back in 74, there were 10,000 people who attended from 56 South Dakota counties, 30 states, and two foreign countries. So how does that uh, compare to statistics from today? 
Well, I don't think we get as many in. I asked about the 10,000 people. I'm not – where do you get that number from? Not that, to question you, but just that, out of curiosity. Oh, that is from the publication in 1975 of the little newspaper that you hand out every year at the pageant. Okay, that's what I was wondering. We couldn't remember, and I didn't get time today to ask too many people. But you no, know, I should have got I, everybody. I normally try and get my well, things I'm going to talk <laughs> about to the speaker a little earlier, but I just got it done today. So, Anne, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I should have been up on it. You know, a couple of the interesting things about the history of the pageant, and when I've talked about it. Um, and thought about it and stuff. I, first of all, I always think that the fact that they did the long winter first for that Hallmark radio show is just so interesting. It, you know, it it's such a an American kind of theme story. You know, overcoming the mm-hmm. hardships, everybody surviving, and you know, fending for themselves on the prairie and stuff. And I think it fits into our our broader. Um, culture and you know how we view ourselves so i always thought that was interesting that's the one they chose because in some ways it's a very difficult book and it describes a very very hard time but in other ways it's overcoming those difficulties and stuff and i've always thought that's kind of neat the long winters i don't really pick favorites in the book but i definitely have always found that one very very interesting and then the other thing that people might know and i'm sure some of the people who are listening now uh, have been to Desmet and have been to the Ingalls Homestead. And that first pageant that they had, they actually did on the homestead grounds. Um, oh, really? Yes. I didn't know if you'd know this or not. So if you've no. been to the Ingalls Homestead, we have a large building on the top of the hill that's our visitor center. And at that mm-hmm. time, it was just a machine shed. But they had chairs that they set up right out back there and down the hill a little bit and towards where the livestock barn and Ma's little house would have been. And then they did the pageant down there at the bottom of the hill is where they put it on at. And so that was where it took place in 1971. And then it wasn't until they purchased the grounds that they moved it to the site, which, of course, is just across the road. And part of what they wanted to keep in the... uh, why they liked that site and what it, they really were looking for was to keep the cottonwood trees in the vicinity of the pageant and the big slough as well. And I was speaking with Marion Kramer today. Uh, she has been involved in the pageant for quite some time and then um, is still works at the Ingalls Homestead. And she's also a Laura Ingalls while she's on the pageant board as well. And she remembers that night in 1971 because the cottonwood trees, it was kind of breezy that night, and they could hear them blowing around the way that the wind took. She said the trees were talking to us, is how she put it. So that was Oh, wow. Yeah. And she remembers going to the, in 1968, going to the production in the auditorium. And very much, I think that was a big community event. People really enjoyed it and got together and worked very, very hard to put that on at the beginning, you know, and that has kind of continued to this day and stuff. But those are some neat little facts that I thought were, it's kind of neat to know the history of it and where everybody was at and how it started and stuff. So, Well, I always think so. That's why I always like to kind of have a historical portion when I talk about these things. Cause I, I really do think it's interesting to see how things have changed. In fact, uh, I got into the Walnuts Grove High School gym a couple of years ago where they did the first two pageants there, and I was just like, oh, wow, I'm sure everybody else could care less, but I was excited. It is exciting, you know, and I feel like just to give us a little bit of perspective, too, and I know that a lot of people won't know this, but there's a couple of people who were really very um, very important at the beginning of the pageant, and it's Bill and Roxanna Poppin, and then Cork and Eldina Poppin, and then there is, I don't remember their 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 names, their first names, but it's Mr. and Mrs. Dannenbring. And if you brought that name up in Dismet, they would know exactly who you were talking about. And then the director, too, um, this year for the 40th anniversary, we're kind of highlighting past directors. So the director of the very first outdoor pageant was Mrs. Dawn Waco, and she mm-hmm. was a... English teacher at the high school, and she moved away from Desmet and worked in Washington, D.C. for um, Larry Pressler, I think is who she worked with. He was a senator from South Dakota for many years. Um, Mm. And so moved away from the town, doesn't live here anymore, but she was the first one that put on that 1971 production. So just some facts there. Her name is all over the the 1975 little sheet, too, saying that it was partly her idea. So, yeah, it, it really... 
takes vision to get something like this started. Very, very true. And I'm sure part of the reason why they moved outside, now I have never put on a play in a high school gymnasium in July or June or August, but I have put one on in May or been part of one, and I'll tell you, it is hot without any air conditioning in a high school gym. And I am sure by the summer it was even worse, and you wanted to be outside. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably a very fair assessment. They didn't have air conditioning in that gym. I'm I'm sure they didn't. I guess I can't say I know it for sure, but I can't imagine that would be the case. And they do get hot. You fit a few hundred people in there, and oh, my goodness, everybody needs a fan, and the programs make better fans than programs, you know, that point yes but it's beautiful outside you know if you haven't been to the pageant the grounds look when you're sitting and you're looking at the stage and it's uh, it's on the prairie so it's open you get to see the cottonwood trees in the background and you have the big slough to your right and this when the sun sets you know, it, you're facing south, a little southwest, so you just get this fantastic view of the prairie. It's it's quite nice. Well, it really is amazing. And uh, my mom, who has escaped mention in my episodes lately, uh, she and I a few years ago, when we when we were staying on the homestead, uh, walked up back up to the from um, the pageant after it was done, and she really talks about that as one of her favorite Laura experiences. Now, everybody knows she isn't a big Laura fan, but she said it just felt like uh, you, you were really in tune with everything that Laura must have been walking up and just with the night sky and it just was quiet and and it was just really, she she always goes on and on about how much she enjoyed it. I'm glad to hear that. Every once in a while we get one of those nights where it almost feels magical. Either the moon comes out and the stars are just right or, you know, the the lighting can just be perfect sometimes yeah there it's a lot it's a lot of fun sometimes i feel like getting so involved in it and being present and working so hard at it it's you almost have to step out of yourself sometimes and remember that it's really beautiful out there especially in july so mm-hmm. and of course too that's one other thing that's interesting about the pageant up until a few years ago they always did it in june and then one weekend in july and then they've changed it since then so it's, it coincides with the walnut grove pageant and it's three weekends in july so which I think is absolutely wonderful. I think it is so nice. I had, I had told people to do this for a number of years, but um, two years ago, I actually got to do the um, pageant, the Walnut Grove pageant one night and the Dismet pageant the next. And it is really, it isn't a repeat at all. You feel like it's a totally different experience. And I highly recommend that people try and do both if possible. I think a lot of people are catching on to that more and more. A lot of the visitors that I speak with are planning it that way and looking forward to it. And they do ask, "Is it the same?" And I say, "Oh no, it's you know it's worth it to go to both for sure." So, yeah, I, I would definitely say they're different experiences. I I quite often say that the Walnut Grove pageant is much more of sort of the Hollywood experience. And the dis- they do have the pyrotechnics, yes. so they one up us on that, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> and the dismet pageant is more like you're eavesdropping on the Ingalls family. Uh, if you haven't seen the sets, they're they're more like literally the little houses with the doors just the fronts knocked off, so you can peer inside, and you really you do get that kind of eavesdroppy feeling, like you're right there looking at them, and as you see the Ingalls uh, homestead right behind the buildings and the cottonwood trees, and and it just really is such a different experience, but a very positive one. It is, and I I like the way you say eavesdropping on it. And the other thing I like about our sets, which I have to give our actors credit for, because the stage is five separate buildings, and it's a big stage, and it's a lot of space to command as actors. You know, we have we use the lighting and all that kind of stuff to help with it. But you get that sense of being kind of alone on the prairie or small in comparison to it. You know, yeah. the venue definitely reinforces how wide open the space is. So about, do you know how many people roughly come a year now? Um, 
It varies a little bit from year to year. I want to say we're generally around the 4,000 mark would probably be about the average. I think last year we were just under that, and then the year before we had a fantastic year. I think we were well over 5,000, but goodness, I'm not always up and up on my numbers. But, you know, it, it does vary a lot from year to year. And we changed the story from year to year as well. And so if we um, repeat the same one a couple years in a row, then, you know, we don't get as many people from the area that come. But it's it's usually in the four to five, 4,000 to 5,000 people. So it's a lot. It really is. And we generally hit almost every state and, um, you know, 5, 10, sometimes 20 foreign countries, and so it's it's neat to see all the people bring their enthusiasm together and come and enjoy it. And that's one thing that uh, I kind of like at the beginning. They kind of do a roll call. They check when you go in uh, which country you're from or which state, and, they, and everybody gets a chance to stand up and cheer. And I'm always, if I'm there, the embarrassingly loud one cheering for Iowa. <laughs> that's okay. You know, it's, um, it's a tradition. It's something they've done for as long as I can remember, and I think since maybe the beginning, and it's kind of neat it is. Now, Sarah, you know I grew up in Iowa, so I I cheer for Iowa <laughs> some nights when I'm there. <laughs> well, that's good, because Iowa's always <laughs> cheer-worthy, I think. Actually, I also cheer for Iowa, like in, when we went to, uh, to the Star Trek, the movie, and they mentioned uh, the Iowa spaceport at Riverside. Oh, yeah. I cheered for that, too. People looked at me strange <laughs> like I'm... <laughs> Okay, There's so, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> tell that to my brother. He won't sit with me in the movies anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, so tell me, tell us a little bit about how you switch out the stories. The other two pageants that are currently working now, the one in Walnut Grove and the one in uh, Mansfield, both tell the same story every year. But you guys are a little different. So how how does that work? Well, we are, I guess you could say, a little bit lucky because – you know, so many of the books are about the Dismet area. So what we like to do is switch between the books and tell each of those stories. Um, there have been a couple years where we've done a medley, um, sort of a vignettes of different stories, kind of favorites of what we've uh, all liked through the years. But I can't say there's a real science behind it, Sarah. This year we we did look at how long it had been since we'd done By the Shores of Silver Lake, and we decided that was what we wanted to do. But um, we don't rotate it out. Uh, on any sort of a <laughs> regular basis or scheduled basis. Sometimes it depends on the quality of the script and the actors um, who have been in it. If we've had a, we did The Long Winter a couple of years ago, and that went really, really well. And so, we, you know, we've kind of talked about um, those actors and stuff. If they, we have access to them again the next year and they're interested, then we would go ahead and do that. But we, you know, we like to switch it up, and I think that every time we do a story, and every year, because it's a live production and stuff, it's a little bit different, and it's a lot of fun. But there's not a science behind it at all. I and I don't know what we'll do next year. If that's your next question, it's not been decided yet. Usually, we sit down in August after we get done with the pageant, and then make that kind of decision based on how it's gone. So it yeah. might be by the shores of Silver Lake next year, but uh, we very well might try something else. Last year, we did. Uh, the first four years, and I believe you were there for it. And, you know, we'd never done that before, and it's a hard book, and, you know, it doesn't have as much um, polish on it, shall we say. And And there's a lot of depressing things that happen. It's kind of one awful thing after another. It is. And so we had some comments about people not caring for it so much, and we even ourselves, you know, felt that we needed to move in a different direction this year. But we still felt really good that we tried it. You know, that book sometimes gets passed by or not given the same, oh, I don't know, the same weight, and yet it really does contain a lot of the what it was really like for some of those families that homesteaded and that came out and, you know, how much they went through. Not that the other books don't do that, but they are definitely geared more at children and, you know, Yeah, there's there's a difference, I think, if you have to be the responsible one 
or if someone's taking care of you. Even if they're in an awful situation, you feel that kind of safety net if somebody you trust is really the responsible one. And I think that's really kind of the difference. And, yeah, the first four years is definitely a much more angsty book than, than the others. It is, and I like the way you say that, you know. It really is the difference between Laura being a child and then Laura being an adult, so... Yeah, I think about this stuff a lot. (laughs) I know you do. And you have good insight. (laughs) And I think about it a lot, too, from a different perspective sometimes. But I'm glad that we tried it last year. We really did want to give that book, you know, give it a a fair chance on the stage and, and let that story be told in the same way. But I think we'll retire that one for quite some time maybe but um you know it was it was it was a nice nice try at really portraying that and i think that it's very easy for people to enjoy it and be enthusiastic about it and that's what should be you know a lot of our visitors are traveling and this is part of their vacation but every once in a while you know it does help to highlight how hard and difficult it was sometimes so well, just the wind. I mean, my mom is still talking about the wind from she was there. She says, if I had been out there and there wasn't electricity and it was for a long time, what would I have done? But the wind is, it's part of the landscape. And I don't, you know, part of, I don't know if that's the right word, the climate, but I mean, it makes it makes a difference. Um, tomorrow, I think we're going to start off the day with 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, and I believe we end the day tomorrow with 30 to 35. So it's, you know. Yeah, well, I, they didn't really bother me. I mean, I, I kind of got used to it right away, but, but she still talks about that. She still talks about the time I made her take a ferry ride, though, too. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. That's probably one of the most common questions I get asked, though. Is it always this windy here? And yeah, generally. <laughs> now, I just before we go on, I want to remind everybody that if you have a question, you can always put it in the chat. You can also call at 714-242-5253 or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. Okay, so I think we kind of covered that uh, it was uh, changing stories pretty good. But the, uh, one of the other things that used to be different about the Dismet pageant is when you were started out, you used to mime to a pre-recorded tape. Now, you no longer do that, but that must have been interesting. It was. In some ways, I think it gave the pageant the ability to really get started and get going. It didn't demand as much of the actors. Um you know, I was in the pageant the first couple of years that uh, I lived in Dismet and we ran the homestead, and I could not possibly do it today simply because to memorize lines and stuff takes so much so much effort, and the actors really put a lot into it. But they, they did that also because out on the prairie in the 70s and the 80s, you know, the microphone system and... Um, uh, Oh, goodness. You know, but for the audio and stuff, the quality for people to hear is a lot different. You know, once you get out there, the wind can really take the sound. And so this gave them a way to have that problem taken care of was part of it. And they used to go down to Dakota State University and um, is where they generally had it done. They would take their script down there and they had some students often from the theater department uh, do the voices and, and read the script and they would record it and then they'd bring it up here and that's how they did it for many years. I think it was six years ago uh, that we went live and one of the young ladies who grew up in Dismet and um, was in the pageant herself very often and then uh, was directing it that year really pushed us to it. Uh, Jennifer Dobson is her name. And so she really said, you know, I think it's time for us to move on. We've got microphones now. We can do wireless stuff. And so that's how that kind of progressed. And it's it's changed the pageant, but I think it's I think it's definitely a good change. So. Yeah, I think so too. But it is interesting, and, and I thought it was interesting that it kept going as long as it did to to uh, keep keep having it. But it, just a, a little unique, quirky, quirky thing. Um, another thing I think way to think the Dismet pageant is different is that you encourage people to bring their your own chairs. We do. Um, the seating that we provide is 
simply planks that we set out on cinder blocks. So there's no backs, but we leave plenty of space in between um, our seating and between the rows so that people can bring their own lawn chairs and set them up. And I think it makes for almost a more intimate kind of um, space. You know, you're not relegated to the back of the crowd if you bring your lawn chair. So it, may, it brings everybody up close and you can have comfortable seating. And it works out quite nicely, honestly. And a lot of people are glad they can bring it. And of course, if you are planning a trip to the pageant and you will be, you know, it is evening time when we do it and jackets, blankets, all of that is very much encouraged. It can be very cool at night here. So And bug spray. And bug spray, which we generally do walk the crowd and hand it out and let you borrow some if you didn't bring your own. But yeah, the, we are directly across the road from the big slough. And that, if you don't know what a slough is, is kind of a marshy area. And when you put 500 people across the road from a marshy area, you're bound to have mosquitoes. So it's something we all live with. But, you know, if you got the long sleeves on and the sweatshirt and pants on, you put on some bug spray, you usually are just fine for the evening. Yes, I highly recommend long sleeves. I usually bring a pair of sweatpants to change into after the shorts during the day and lather myself liberally with enough of the... (laughs) The bug spray that that set of clothes are going straight in the wash afterwards. Um, but it, it, it isn't that bad. And I really do appreciate being able to bring the chair because I'll tell you, having done a number of the pageants, the watchword is back support. <laughs> and yes. the benches don't have it. In fact, that is probably, I think, the area where the musical down in Mansfield does outshines your other two things is their seating is the most comfortable seating i just love it it's like oh wow (laughs) it's true though and then if you're a parent and you have small kids and you know they in your back hurts and they're moving around and standing up on the benches yeah you know that's part of the reason we say you can bring your own lawn chairs it's just more comfortable for you. If you can fit them in the car with you, I'll by all means do it. And I try to let everybody I talk with know that fact if, because it's it's important to plan that stuff out. So, yeah, lawn chairs, we welcome, we encourage, bring them along. So, Okay, well, let's kind of, well, I guess we've kind of switched gears uh, to talk a little bit about how you go to the pageant today. So if somebody wants to go to the pageant, well, first, we've kind of, alluded to where the pageant grounds is, but do you want to give a sort of official directions like you do on the phone if somebody asks? Yeah. Um, the pageant is located about a half mile east of DeSmet, um, and it's on, you take Homestead Road, and you go all of maybe an eighth of a mile, and then you you will see it. It's on, you take a little left and then you're on Rose Lane Um, and the pageant grounds when the pageant's going on uh, we put up flyers so you get the flags flying and stuff and you can see where the entrance is at but it's just just to the southeast of Desmet so it's not very hard to find and quite honestly if you come to Desmet and you can't find us by all means stop and ask everybody knows where the pageant grounds are and I try to also remind people our town is only 1200 people or so so um, we're friendly and we're safe and we generally all expect that there will be many visitors in town that night and most people are more than happy to point out directions and such. So So, um, you drive your car up to the pageant gates which are closed until... Six o'clock, we're taking the show up by an hour this year, so the start time will be 8 p.m., and then the gate's always Mm. open two hours before at 6 p.m. is what it will be tonight, and you pay right at the gate. Um, We still take check and then uh, cash. You can also, if you want to use a credit card, you can buy tickets the day of at the Ingalls Homestead or at the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society, and uh, you either show them your tickets or pay for your admissions, and the admission is $8 for adults and $5 for children, 6 to 12, and then the parking is free as well, but they'll, they'll take care of your admission, and then they'll... Like you said before, they'll ask you where you're from and get you a program, and then they'll direct you towards the parking area. Now, um, people who listen to me, I think, before probably have heard me say that I'm a big supporter in getting reserved seats for the Walnut Grove pageant, but there really isn't reserved seating for the Desmet pageant. So 
you don't really need to buy tickets ahead. If you want to, you know, use the credit card, you can and do it early, but there's you feel perfectly free. Don't worry about not having a ticket. I don't think you pro- probably turn anybody I away ever. I have said we've never turned a person away. I always let people know that we've never turned anybody away and we won't there's plenty of space but you're right the seating is not reserved so if you do want to sit right in the front you know the sooner you get there of course the better the seating it's first come first serve but we would never turn you away and then you know if you're bringing your lawn chairs you get a lot of leeway on where you can set them up and oftentimes you can still get a very good seat half an hour or so before the show so and uh, they park on grass on the pageant grounds itself, fairly close yep, to the stage. It isn't that far. There's no concrete on the pageant grounds other than the buildings, but you know, no walkways or sidewalks or anything like that. So it is on the it is on the grass, but it's not far. Um, we do have. Uh, uh, handicapped parking section. So if you need that when you're coming to park, you just let the parkers know and they will direct you to the closer lane. We pull uh, an area. We have one row that we use for handicapped parking that's pretty close to the to the seating area. So let's say I show up hungry because I didn't like the line at the Axpo and the wait service was too long at the country club. So is there food on the grounds? There is some food. Um, I kind of equate it to maybe what you could get in a baseball game or, you know, um, something, some sort of local sports thing going on. There's, It's very basic, uh, hot dogs, nachos. Uh, there's soda, popcorn, candy, chips, that kind of stuff. Nothing too substantial, but if you need a hot dog or you know you need a little bit of protein, that that is available to you. So, but and I will, will warn everybody: the popcorn smells delicious, and you will be buying a bag before you leave. So you might as well just do it early. Well, and you know that's one thing about having it outside. That breeze can really pick up the smell and. If, you, if it's going the right direction, I, I think it makes a difference in popcorn sales. But, you know, that's just speculative. Now, uh, one thing, too, that um, I always try and find out, because as a traveler, I like to know, is what is the bathroom situation? Are there real bathrooms? And is there a sink to wash your hands afterwards, which is not always the case in Despite? You know, there. I have to say, I'm not sure I've been in the bathroom facility for a couple of years, but there are bathrooms, and we um, have a few stalls, men and women, so I'm sure there's a line during intermission that's just the way that it goes, but, you know, we... We clean them and get the trash out of there and all that kind of stuff on a on a nightly basis. And then I believe we generally have a few porta potties as extras set up so that Im- intermission time, um, you know, we can alleviate that a little bit. So you're without a without a sink when you're in the porta potty, of course. But there are sinks if that's a an issue for you in the regular bathrooms. So, so see, this is something I'm always looking for. <laughs> oh, I. I think bathrooms are extremely important. In the routes that I travel on a regular basis, I do know the places I go to the bathroom. So I think that's true for most travelers. Um, those kinds of things, especially when you're out on the prairie, are, are a big deal. So, And uh, everybody can spot the bathrooms because of the beautiful murals on the side of it. That is exactly right. And they're near the parking area, so you can generally hit them on your way to go find your seating. Stop at the bathrooms, use them, then go find your seats. It works out quite nice. So, And make sure you walk all the way around the bathroom building because there's a different mural on each side, and I'm serious, they are very nice. I, I have pictures of all sides of them. <laughs> They are very nice, and you know, I asked today when I was talking with a couple people who painted them, and nobody could remember, so I'm not quite sure when they went up on the bathrooms and who was responsible for them, but they definitely make that building, you know, um, fit in nicely with the prairie, with the prairie and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't stand out. Uh, and then, are you doing the wagon rides again this year? Oh, yes. We'll do the wagon rides every year. That's um, one of the highlights. It's a very simple wagon ride, um, but it, you know, it goes around the pageant grounds, and we have a couple of local people who help us with it, and it, it's quite nice. So when you come in, everybody gets a, a ticket to go on the wagon ride if they want, and adults are welcome, but I will warn you, personally, I've 
think it's more of a kid's thing because there are no seats. I do, however, love the getting on and getting off. As someone who had struggled with a people mover at the historic village where I used to work, the two sets of stairs, one on only and one off only, is Isn't just nice? brilliant. It's just brilliant. It, it, it is, and they're built specifically for the wagons that we use. They're the right height. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's nicely done, and the folks who help us with that usually are the same people who've done it for years, and so they kind of know the ins and the outs and, you know, help you watch your step if you need to and that kind of stuff. And you're right, there's no seats, and it is probably more focused for children, but I see a lot of adults have fun on it too. So, And there generally is a line on the Friday and Saturday nights, but we usually work everybody through. So got to get your wagon ride in while you're there. Yeah, and little, some of the little kids, if you're there, who's even a friend of a friend whose kids are there, they're going to hit you up for your ticket. <laughs> so, <laughs> true. At least that true. was my experience. And it, but I, I have actually gone on it myself around the circuit. And it's kind of a nice circuit. It takes you around behind the um, set, and so you can see behind it and get a really kind of good idea of, of the whole pageant grounds. Yep, you get to see the actors. Usually they're getting ready and doing their thing and stuff. It is kind of a nice little behind-the-scenes glimpse at what's going on back there. So, And uh, there's also a gift shop on the grounds uh, that you can st- shop through while you're waiting for the show to start called the Whatnot Shop. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And, and I, um, it, it is one of the places, if you're looking for something unique, uh, that is a good place to go because a lot of times they'll have things that some of the stuff's the same, but so they'll have a few things there that isn't aren't available anywhere else in town. And the bar pin with the picture of the little house um, was that I have that is like Laura's that I wear on my blue prairie dress uh, was actually purchased there by my friend Cheryl, and she um, had bought several and gave me one. So it was. Uh, a really nice place. I always look to see what they've got there in, in the whatnot shop this year. It's it's nice. Um, there's a local woman, Pam Spader, who helps us with that, and she just does a fantastic job. And then I it never ceases to amaze me. There's a few women in the community who will hand embroider towels, and I mean, there's just some really neat stuff there that's not at other places. The hand embroider towels always get me because they're not all that expensive, and the quality of them is quite nice. So they have different kinds of scenes and all kinds of stuff. But it, yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff in there. Of course, you can get the basics. You can get a bonnet, you know, a T-shirt, all that kind of stuff. But there is some neat stuff there. Yeah, well, as an embroiderer, I'll tell you, you never get your <laughs> good price for embroidery. <laughs> yes, I, but it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do my fair share of crafts. I sew and knit and do a variety of things. And, yeah, you, you know, you do it because you love it. So, And then I've talked with the woman who does some of, one of the women who does embroidery, and she, that's exactly what she says. She enjoys doing it, and she's glad that there's a place she can that can utilize her skill and that she can share with. So, so what special events do you have for the 40th anniversary this year? Oh, and I guess we should get the dates in for this year, too. We haven't asked oh, that. Oh, we should. So this year the pageant is the 8th, 9th, and 10th, the 15th, 16th, 17th, and the 20. 20- 2nd, 23rd, 24th of July. The pageant is always the first three weekends in July following the 4th of July. And if the 4th of July falls on a Friday, it's the weekend after that. Could that be confusing enough? I know. But that's the way that it works. So those are the dates for this year. Um, Did you have another question, or am I just talking about oh. dates right now? I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. I was just getting the dates out there first. Um, and then I guess a good follow-up to that would be, is there a website for the pageant? Of course, yes. It's dsmetpageant.org. And if they want to call for information, they can either call the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society or the Ingalls Homestead. And the numbers for that are 800 880 3383 and 800-776-3594. And we're happy to answer questions about staying. The other piece of information that I would like to put out there is if you are planning to visit DeSmet and you want to stay in the area, I always suggest that, you know, you make those reservations 
as soon as you can. There's still availability in our motels and stuff for yet for this year. I just actually spoke with one of the gentlemen who runs the Cottage Inn Motel and just met, and he said they still got space. But they do tend to fill up here pretty quickly. Um, and other than the lodging, though, as we talked about the tickets before, you don't need to do anything else really in advance if you're going to visit the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society or the Ingalls Homestead in addition to the pageant. That can all be done once you get here, but I do recommend not waiting for the lodging. It's quite a drive to get to any of the other communities that have motels um, in the evening after the pageant. Yes, and it is very nice to be able to uh, stay in DeSmet. I mean, that's um, you have to drive forever after Walnut Grove or Mansfield, so it's it's nice to be able to stay right there. I I would second that as definitely a, a good place. And there's a variety of places to stay in DeSmet. Uh, it's for a Laura town. It's a fairly large community that way. Uh, there's um, let's see, two hotels and. I want to say three bed breakfast. Is that two two bed and breakfasts that are right in town, and then we've got a couple that are in you know in close vicinity. And oh. and people can stay at the Ingalls Homestead too. And they can yes, they can camp with us at the Ingalls Homestead. They can do RVs. We have covered wagons. We do a, we have one bunkhouse that we rent out. There's. RV camping in our city park as well. A lot of people don't know about that. Uh, it's a first-come, first-serve kind of deal. You can't make a reservation for it, but I've seen those sites open many a nights during the pageant. Um, and then there's also a couple other campgrounds in town. And information on DeSmet in general can be found at DeSmetSD.com. And that is our Chambers website for visitors. And so there's lodging, attraction, uh places to eat, all of that kind of stuff is accessible on that website. And I should mention, I think just in passing, this has been a very wet year in DeSmet, and the last I heard, or last I read, I mean, not like I'm talking to anybody, but I read in the DeSmet <laughs> news that uh, the Lake Thompson campgrounds were closed for the foreseeable future due to flooding. That's, yep. Yes, that is the case. They're not taking reservations, and... They're not quite sure what's going to happen throughout the year. It really depends on the next month or so how much moisture we get. But Lake Thompson, you know, is one of those lakes. Uh, South Dakota is full of, we call them prairie pothole lakes, although it's quite a large one. And they get full on wet years. And we had a very, very wet year last summer. And then we had a good amount of snow followed up by, uh, you know, <laughs> wet spring. So all of that adds up to a lot of moisture. But there are other places to stay in the area. And if you're looking at state parks, the um, South Dakota game fish and parks, there's some that are maybe 20 to 30 miles away, but they've got some beautiful state parks in this in this area. And so I wouldn't hesitate to send you that direction either if that's the kind of lodging that you're looking for. So, But it's a, it's quite a drive because of Lake Thompson not being open. And I would have to say, too, that that means that this is going to be an excellent year for Silver Lake Pictures. So anybody it wants already to get some news there, I can Sarah, I've been meaning I, to send you some, so I'll have to get that done. But it it's it's there's a few places like, where where it's gone down a little bit. It's the fullest I've ever seen it. I'm just up, so excited about that. I seriously <laughs> have been telling everybody I'm going to get new Silver Lake pictures this year. I will send you some. It's almost up to the railroad tracks. That probably won't mean something to everybody listening, but the railroad that runs north of town, I honestly, the water is as close as I've ever seen it to the railroad yeah, tracks. So it's that's amazing. Great. I, I know exactly <laughs> where you mean. <laughs> right. I can't wait. Um, well, with that, that's perhaps a good segue for what special things do you have arranged for the 40th anniversary this year, on top of the normal things for the pageant? Mm-hmm. Well, we do have some special stuff arranged, and we're still putting together stuff as well. So I'll start off by saying watch for updates on the website. We will continue to add things as we get them lined up and get them officially set up and such. But, of course, you are going to be in Dismet on the third weekend um, doing presentations, and then we are going to have um, – we have a special fiddler group that's coming each Saturday of the pageant, and that will be quite nice. Um, they are through the Humanities Council mm-hmm. and with the state, and um, An I have not seen them. 
but I have heard rave reviews. So that is definitely something we're excited about. And then we have different businesses in town who are doing kind of special promotions, um, you know, such as the Loftus store will give out free balloons. So you got to stop in there and see the Loftus store and grab a oh, balloon. Oh, you always have to stop at the Loftus store. I oh, have, have even... I have a piece of the wall of the Loftus store in my bedroom. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lynn and Chad will definitely take care of you. And then I know that Cheryl, uh, the director at the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society, who's also a member of our board, there's a lot of overlap on some of these areas. It just takes a lot of work to get this done. She's been working on um, putting together information on the history of Main Street. So as you're going around to the different businesses, we should have information up that will tell you where certain businesses were, such as where was the feed store that Almanzo and Royal lived in, or how long has the ward store building been there, some of that kind of information. I know the lady, um, Kathy, who cuts my hair, her business is on Main Street, and she says people are always curious what her business was, and it was at one time it was a creamery, and so that kind of information we're trying to put together. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're working on some other stuff, Sarah. It's just a matter of getting it all lined up. It seems like the season comes up on us so quickly here that we feel like we're kind of behind right now, but it will be a fun fun year and um we will definitely have some good stuff going on so but we're very excited about our fiddlers i i personally am so well when you want to check me check with them before they come and ask them if they know old dan tucker because dan tucker. yes because everybody who's a laura fan wants old dan tucker and i have found that not all fiddlers know it which is a big disappointment so tell give them a hint People i will see what i can do about that and i think that's probably possible yeah, that that is definitely one. And actually, I should send you. I'm going to email you something, but that I don't have to tell you about it on air. Um, <laughs> and but but of course, you already started with the best. You had me coming, so I mean, after that, everything's going to be anticlimactic, isn't it? That's that's absolutely right. <laughs> no, we're quite excited. I've been I've been wanting to invite you to dismet formally to do presentations for a little while now and it just seems that I haven't been able to work it out but this of course was an occasion where we felt like we should definitely definitely make it happen so and I see I looked at your site today that you get to present at a couple of other home sites uh, three other ones this summer is that correct yes yes this That's is very exciting just... for you I was just blown away. I mean, four home sites in one year, I I, I just may die of heart, heart palpitations. I'm just really <laughs> excited about it. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe that. And I kept thinking, well, they're not going to invite me. Well, no, no, no. And, 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 and then all of them worked out, and I have four this year. So I am totally psyched. Good. We, I, uh, I'm, congratulations to you. I know that you're excited about it, and you'll do wonderful at all of them. I don't doubt it. Well, thank you very much. Um, we probably should get back to the pageant for just, we got to uh, okay. see about eight minutes left. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and I wanted to know, uh, well, I, I thought we should share, because I don't think we specifically emphasize this enough, the actors don't get paid to do this, right? They don't. We have been known to give a gas stipend here and there when they live a ways away. We have actors who come 40, 50, 60 miles away, you know, and I guess in South Dakota, we don't look at that as a really far distance to drive. We, It's a big state, but they come away, and they really do dedicate a lot of time. But most of, for the most part, no, nobody receives any compensation. Um, the director receives a bit of compensation, and then we do have a couple interim positions that we've um, developed in the last couple of years to get uh, students at the different universities involved, and that's been very, very good for us. But for the most part, it is heart and soul, and, you know, it's we put on a thank you dinner at the end for them and tell them good job, and I think a lot of them, though, love to tell the stories some of the younger actors always comment that one of their favorite parts is at the end of the pageant uh the the uh the guests the the um the spectators, I'm not thinking of the right word here, get to come up and meet the cast and have them sign programs and autograph uh, books and such for them. And that's always one of the rewards, I think, is to interact with the people who are there to visit and stuff. So the rewards can are not high, monetarily speaking, but I do think a lot of the actors get a lot out of it. So, But it takes a lot of effort, and a lot of people give their time to do it. It really is... Um, 
it, you know, to hit a 40th year, and I hit on this earlier, it, it, it's taken a lot of people who have looked beyond themselves and, and really, you know, wanted to do something that they could, sh- the community could share with everybody, you know, throughout the world even with all of the international visitors that we have. And, yeah, and and people a lot of times assume that, you know, once a pageant starts that it's going to keep on going forever, but that really isn't true. Just uh, one in sort of your neck of the woods, the Hiawatha pageant up in Pipestone was, uh, had been there for, I can't remember how many decades, and they just recently closed shop. So, uh that that you are still going is definitely a, a testament to the fortitude and the dedication of, of the people in Desmet. I know what you mean about driving 50 miles, though. I, I once had a job up in uh, Cedar Rapids at Escher's Ferry, and it basically took me about 50 minutes to get there. And the people who lived in town just always looked at me like I was nuts. But when you live in the country, you're, you you have to drive to get anywhere. So it just isn't that big a deal. I mean, you just <laughs> You, you just don't expect it. It's part of, yep, it's, I think it's part of being in South Dakota. I can't tell you how many meetings I've driven two, three hours to, to attend, and it's important to be there, and you just get in the car and either turn on the radio or, you know, put on your thinking cap, as my mom always says, and, and you know, think about what you need to and get there and do your work and come back. But I know the folks who come from such a distance, it really is amazing to, I think, some of the people in Desmet as well that, those that other communities that the other people in other communities can see the value of it and want to participate in it too and it's a nice way to involve them in uh telling the story of you know Laura's story and stuff even the volunteers at the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society and the employees there and the employees at the Ingalls Homestead we get a lot of people who are not from Desmet and they just want to be part of it and that's always really neat to see yeah i tell you if i didn't live on a farm i would that had the money, I would just go and spend a month. That would be fun. But, <laughs> we oh would well. put you to work, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would love that. But you know, if you keep your own farm going, you can't be traipsing off for too long. But uh, that is that is very true when it comes to farming, isn't it? Yes. Um, now we don't have too long left, but is there anybody? Uh, did you want to say anything about the the director who's been there the last couple of years? Um, yes, we should. We definitely should. He his name is Dr. Orville Van Deest. He is um, he's done amazing work. Uh, we've had some very good directors in the past, but he is a professor emeritus from Dakota State University, and so we are quite lucky that. Um, he has taken this on as a project that he's been willing to do for the last few years. He's brought, uh, definitely brought some, you know, some credentials to the table and some higher level of professionalism and just knowledge of how to work some of the technical stuff and how to motivate the cast. We've had very good directors, though. Before him, we had Jennifer Dobson, and we also had um, Bob Wyant and, um, and uh, goodness, goodness, uh, Tom Roberts were a, a gentleman from Sioux Falls who did it for two years, and they really started us down that path. I think once once Dr. Van Dees saw that they had brought the pageant up to a, a higher level of acting and stuff, he was definitely on board to help us with it, and he's just been great, though. He works quite closely with Marion Kramer on uh, doing musical arrangements and getting some dance and choreography involved in the pageant and seriously discussing costuming. I mean, he just looks at it very holistically. And, uh, yeah, we we can't compensate him or thank him enough, but um, we try to. So we, we try to tell him every time we see him how wonderful he's doing and the good job he's doing for us. And also, I think the true testament to a good director is what he gets out of the actors. And they all respect him very, very much and give him their their full effort. And it's it's been very good for us to have him involved in the pageant. So have I talked him up enough? Because I don't know if that's quite possible. But he really has done wonderful things for us. He really has. And I I would say that I could, having seen it a couple of years now, that I could definitely tell a difference after he took over. And, and I think he has had a really positive impact just as a, um, a theater goer. Mm-hmm. I, I could notice it. So, yes, I, I wanted to make sure we got a chance to say nice things about him. Now, uh, we're quickly running out of time. 
so I thought maybe you wanted to hit the dates one more time, or if you had anything else you wanted to say, Let me now we'll get dates, phone numbers, and website. I'll do those. Okay. Dates, July July eighth, ninth, tenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth. Gates open at six p.m. The show starts at eight p.m. You can call eight hundred seven seven six three five nine four or eight hundred eight eight zero three three eight three. And you can always find us online at desmetpageant.org. And you can find information about Desmet at desmetsd.com. And uh, did I say yes? Showtime eight p.m. this year, and that is different. So I want to highlight that for sure. Okay, well, thank you very much, Anne. I sure appreciate having you on tonight, uh, that you took the time, and uh, I'm just really looking forward to the pageant this year. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate the opportunity, and we are looking forward to having you this year. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take you off air. And I just want to remind everybody that next week at the same time, we will be talking to Barbara Lounsbury about Nancy Drew and Mildred Wirt Benson. And I hope that you will enjoy us, join us. And you can always find us uh, on the Trendle Bed Tales website. So thank you very much. And here we go to play out our theme song on the pump organ. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.